Welcome to the Passion Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Nate Schaefer, and I am excited to share this message with you today. The message is titled, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. It's part of our nine-week series on being a disciple. So I pray as you listen to this message that your ears would be open to what the Lord has to say and that he would transform all of us to live more like him. So be blessed as you listen and have a great week. Well, today we are diving into our second part. In your book, it will be your first part. Who all has their books? Oh, for feedback a little bit. Everybody? So if you're new here, uh, we're starting a new series called Being a Disciple. And in this series, we are diving into what it looks like to be a disciple. Now, we are diving into that here and then also into our life groups. So that's why the books exist. So if you're new, the books are for everybody that's in life groups. And, and, uh, and there they can take notes for a Sunday morning and then for life groups as well. And has all the material for the whole nine-week series of our life group study and Sunday morning study. So that's why we have the book. If you're new here, there's a bulletin. You can write in there your notes. But today, we're going to talk about living the spirit-filled Christian life. So just a quick recap of last Sunday. We just kind of broke down the intro of what we're going into. Um, So I just want to give you a quick explanation as fast as I can of what we talked about last week. So we broke down the terminologies we would be using here at Passion during this series. So one is the training center. It's the primary location where training, learning, and planning takes place, usually a church or a home, and it's kind of both here. So we have Sunday morning, where this is a training ground on Sunday morning, but then it's a deeper training ground, more intense in your life group at people's homes. Then we, then we have the terminology of the different stages of where you will be at as you go through this process. We have the Pauls, we have the Timothys, we have the Tituses. Pauls, primary trainer, mentor. Pauls model pastoral skills while working with Timothys. Pauls intentionally help Timothys make disciples and hold them accountable to follow through to multiple generations. So that's your Paul. And I would be a Paul, and your life group leader is a Paul. Timothys. Timothys are... The trainee, the disciple maker, studying this series. Now, I, I know, like I said last week, we're all studying this series together. But it's the one studying the series. Timothys are accountable to their Paul and trained to bring new believers to Christ, and disciple them, and lead them to do the same. And then we have Tituses. Tituses are the new believers, the people that we have talked to and uh, said, "Yes, I believe. I want to believe in Jesus today, or whatever. However that looks." Um, they become a Titus as they accept the Lord, and they're accountable to the Timothys and trained to become disciple-makers. Because what's the goal here is that we train people to become disciple-makers, that train people to become disciple-makers, to become disciple-makers, to become disciple-makers. And it should never stop. This isn't just nine weeks and then we're done. Great, we've got our disciples. No, this should, this should go until we die. Until Jesus returns, we are to continue making disciples. Amen? Amen. So that is what we talked about last week. That's just the intro, a short recap. But today is the spirit-filled Christian life. So what is the expected outcome for today and this week as we dive into our life groups? 
that every disciple maker will experience a spirit-filled life. So what is the importance of the Holy Spirit for the disciple? Well, in John 14, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to the disciples. So if you'd like to turn with me to John 14, 16 through 17. So we've got a little ring on this mic. Can we, can we work on that? I'm really OCD about like rings on microphones. I'll make all sorts of weird noises before you guys are here trying to make sure we get all the rings out. Yep, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, and I'm like, ah, ah, making all these noises to get rid of the rings. It's a family thing. <clears throat> so John 14, 16 through 17, it says, And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. In this, passage, in this passage, we observe how, number one, the Father sent the Holy Spirit at the request of Jesus. Number two, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as a helper and the spirit of truth. Number three, the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Not just for a little bit of time, forever. Four, only followers of Jesus can receive the Holy Spirit, because we have to accept Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? We don't just wake up one day and say, huh, I think I've got it. It comes through an intentional decision that we make to receive the Holy Spirit. In John 16, if you just turn a little further, John 16, 7 through 15. Give you a moment. My pad is still going. I'm like, like, wow, I hear this like low droning. There we go. It's kind of nice. All right, so John 16, 7 through 15. says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I, go, because I go to my Father and he sees me no more, and of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. He has many things to say to us. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Praise God. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to us. Isn't that amazing? That, that, should, that should excite us, shouldn't it? Yeah. I, I know, that just blows my mind. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Notice in John 16, 7 through 10, how Jesus said, it is to our advantage that the Holy Spirit comes. Now, Jesus explains that the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning three areas. One, the world's sin. 
Number two, God's righteousness. Number three, the coming judgment. Now, finally, in John 16, 13 through 15, Jesus reveals how the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth, not some truth, not just a little bit, but to all truth. But in order for us to be led by the Holy Spirit into all truth, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, 18 through 21, you want to turn there with me? It says, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I know we've read this a couple times over the last couple weeks but it's still good to hear it. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always, not sometimes, not just a little bit, when it feels right to give thanks always. And I'm telling you what, if you learn and if we practice giving thanks in every circumstance we're in, we will have joy like we've never experienced. Amen. I'm telling you, when you have no money in the bank account and you've got to give thanks to the Lord that he's keeping you in your home, that you have a roof over your head, Maybe your car broke down and you can't fix it. Thank you, Jesus, for the bus. Thank you for the bike that I have in my garage that I can ride places. Thank you for giving me feet and legs that can get on a bike and ride. Thank you for giving me the breath of life. Whatever it is, if we can learn to give thanks in any circumstance, we will have an abundance of joy. Amen? Giving thanks always for all things, not just some things too. Well, God, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that new Corvette that I have. I'm not really thankful for my house, though, because my house isn't as big as I wanted. I, I'm thankful for that house, but, but I'm just really not thankful for my car. It's not really the car that I wanted. I just had to settle for this. So I'm not, no, that's not, it says be thankful for all, for everything. You know, all things, for all things. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we're thankful and then we're fearful. I think that's so, so amazing. It's just being like so, thank, so thankful to our Father. You know, when I was a kid growing up, my father was the authority in the home, as was my mother but he was the main authority. And if you ever had this when you were growing up, wait till your father gets home. Go to your room and wait till... Yeah, that's like the worst. But if you had that, you recognized the authority. But I was thankful for all that he did, and it was taught, we were taught. And I may not have showed it in my high school years or in certain parts of my childhood, but I look back and I realize how... How thankful I was for everything that I had. Me and Kat will sit around and talk about our moments as children. And, you know, we had dinner together almost every night, except for Wednesdays. It was church night. But we had family dinner. We would play games together. You know, we had all sorts of fun and, and, and enjoyment together. And we may not have had much, but we learned to be thankful with what we had. And then there was also the healthy fear that I had of the authority of the home. Maybe when I was a child, I didn't view it as healthy. Maybe I was just scared out of my mind. But I look back, and it was a healthy fear. It taught me a lot. 
So submitting to one another in the fear of God. The phrase, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, is a powerful statement. Number one, it is a command, not a suggestion. He doesn't say, well, if you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have a meeting after church. Um, it's a little class. It's called uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit class. It's really, really cool. But you don't have to come because I know lunch is, you know, you've got to have your buffet wherever you go. And Orion's is closed, so an old country buffet doesn't exist anymore. So maybe you've got to go to that New Mexican buffet. You've got to try that out. So, you know, you can go to that class if you want. It's not what it's saying. Or, you know, if, if you'd like to tomorrow when you wake up, if you want to be filled with me, you, you can, and that's, that's fine. But you don't have to. I'm suggesting, no, it's a command. It's a command, not a suggestion. And it's not a one-time filling. We are called to constantly and consistently be filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many days I'll, I'll, I'll ask the Lord to fill me like three or four times, five times, depending on situations I'm going into. Maybe I came out of a situation, I just feel depleted. And so you've got to ask the Lord, Lord, would you just fill me with your Holy Spirit? So this isn't, I got saved and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and we're good now. This is a continual thing. It's amazing. The life of a believer is not one that makes one decision. It's one that makes decisions for the rest of their life. Yeah, <laughs> I said the life of, belie- of a believer is not one that makes one decision, but makes decisions for the rest of their life. Wow. Yeah, TM. <laughs> but we don't go through life going, yeah, remember that one time when I accepted you, Jesus? We're still good, right? You're my homeboy, right? My shirt says it. Got it at Spencer's. <laughs> How holy is that, right? He's walking on Hot Topic and it says, Jesus, my homeboy. I'm like, I don't know what to think of that shirt. <laughs> but we are continually making decisions, making decision to have, have him residing in us. We're making that decision to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're making that decision to carry the fruits of the Spirit, which is the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's not something we do ourselves, but it's something God does for us. If we did it ourselves, then we wouldn't need God. But we need God to impart his Holy Spirit. That's why the Trinity is so important. The Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Processing processing this this week, I was just... How many times have I went through a day and I, I didn't ask the Lord to fill me and then thinking of how bad that day was? And I thought, man, what is missing, right? Have you ever done this where you've gone through a day and you, you've not spent time with God, you've not prayed? I mean, no spiritual contact at all. And you end the day and you're like, what is going on? Maybe you went to bed, you didn't even think about it. Maybe today you go, that's what's maybe your spouse goes, well, I know what's wrong. He didn't spend time with God. You didn't ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up. So 
It's important that we continually come and that we know that it's him that does it. It's not us. We just come. We ask that we can receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. So possessing the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit are not the same thing. Being filled with the Holy Spirit as commanded in verse 18, as we just read, is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. We are either being controlled by our old flesh, which is sinful, or by the Holy Spirit. And, and keep in mind that, like I said, every day you wake up, you have to ask the Lord to fill you because the flesh can easily take over, can it? Yes. Well, that's not what I wanted for breakfast. That's not uh, how my day was supposed to go. That's not really, like, whatever the situation, the situation may be, if we're not asking the Lord to fill us, the flesh is just going to take over. So when we are living under the control of the Holy Spirit, He will set us free to live like Jesus. And Galatians 5.16 tells us how yielding to the Spirit will give us the power to overcome the cravings of sinful desires, the flesh. So submitting to the Holy Spirit, saying, I submit to you, Lord, and I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I may overcome the cravings of sinful desires. Galatians 5, 17 through 23, as we will read. If you'd like to turn there with me, if you have your Bibles. I think it's up on the screen too. So it says, for the, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Notice it doesn't just say, well, you're black, or you're a lesbian, or you're transgender, or, you know, we have all of this stuff right now in, in the culture that they just look at the church and go, see, they hate us. See, they're haters. And though there are some out there that are just doing that, we're not doing that. And the majority of the church is not doing that. Thank God. But see, it lists so much here that it covers everybody. It's not just, well, if you're gay today, then you're sinning. Well, I'm sinning too. We all have sin in our lives. So it says, as I told you in times past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So we have contrast. We can either live by the flesh, which is all of the stuff I just said, or we can live by the Spirit. The Spirit will help us walk out the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Finally, Galatians 5, 24 through 25 I'd like to turn there. 
It says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Walk it out. You know, like I said last week, it's easy to experience a presence in here and we shine our light in here. But then when we leave, it's harder to do that because it gets uncomfortable, right? Well, we're not Christians. I have no problem talking about God because we all get it. But then I get around somebody that doesn't and I start to clam up. So let us also walk in the Spirit. Also walking in the Spirit. So that would affect our whole life. Amen? Now, the byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit are the fruits of the Spirit. We were talking about this, me and my wife were talking about this the other day, about how we tend to focus on the product or the byproduct instead of the product. You know, I, I, I have weeds in my lawn right now that are pretty radical, <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, creeping Charlie in my backyard, and I've always struggled to get grass. And so I put grass seed down. I just want grass to grow. just want the grass to grow, right? But instead of the grass growing, it doesn't grow. Why doesn't it grow? Because I didn't take care of the root problem. So instead of taking out the weeds and then putting in good soil so the grass could grow, I just throw grass seed down, hoping that it'll grow. So I want the byproduct without dealing with the stuff. So if we want to experience and live out the fruits of the Spirit, we have to experience the Holy Presence of God. We cannot live by the Spirit if we're not filled and submitting to the Spirit. So instead of focusing on the byproduct, let's focus on the product. Because the product will produce the byproduct. So if you want to see the fruits of the Spirit walking out in your life, you want to see that acting out, you just want to see that happen, focus on your relationship with God. And you will naturally change. I believe it. I believe when we come to a place where we submit to God, we submit to the Holy Spirit, we finally say enough is enough, I'm done with myself, and I submit to you, we will naturally change and the stuff around us will change. The people around us will notice the change and our circumstances will begin to change because of our outlook on our circumstances. Amen. And sometimes God will literally change our circumstances because he's blessing our obedience. Amen? Amen. So what's the application today? Aside from that every disciple will experience the spirit-filled life, we have... We need to crucify the flesh and its desires. That's it. Crucify the flesh and its desires. Man, that sounds so easy, right? No? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't sound easy. It's easy to say. Well, yeah, you just go do this, right? But it's, it's hard work, and it takes a daily sacrifice. So it's not a one-time, well, I, I got up this morning and crucified my flesh, and I'm good now. Now, every morning I have to get up, crucify the flesh, and then focus on the product that produces the byproduct. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Well, you guys are going to dive further into this in our life groups. So please, please don't forget to go. 
you have any questions about the life groups, please see me or see Mark Stewart or my wife because we've been putting material together. But you're going to dive further in, have some Q&A about this, do some group discussion. But, but all in all, it comes back to the same thing. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And maybe daily you have to ask it. Maybe you're, you're at lunch and you're going, Lord, just fill me again. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with asking the Lord to fill you over and over and over and over and over. He just likes the conversation. If anything, you will naturally just experience him more because you're just connecting with him. The band, do you want to come forward? We're going to do one last song that's very fitting to this message. Crucify the flesh and its desires. Focus on the product instead of the byproduct. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. God is good. All the time. time. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope and pray that you got a ton out of this message. Be sure to check back on our website for our most recent message from Sunday. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash passionchurchqc and be sure to hit the like button. Once again, thank you and have a blessed week.